This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is March 8th. We are here to talk WWE Elimination Chamber 2020. In case you guys uh, are unfamiliar with Fightful.com, we cover MMA, pro wrestling, boxing. Had a big UFC show last night that had one of the greatest fights of all time. And one of the more underwhelming fights of all time. But I did a live watch along of the main event. It's worth checking out. Uh, over the past few days, we've had the list in your boy, which got delayed a little bit. That's our weekly news show. Check that out. We've got shows all the time, everywhere. And now we're heading towards WrestleMania. And that means we're bringing out the part-timers, Jeff Hawkins, getting that mania check. Well, he's getting the Elimination Chamber check. Getting that B-level pay-per-view check. <laughs> elimination Chamber, did you go in there with any hopes, any any desires, any thoughts? I had forgotten that this was in Philadelphia. And this was a very Philadelphia show. I thought I thought they booked for their audience quite a bit. But I went in thinking... You know, you looked at it on paper and everybody's like, oh, look, all the big talent's not on there, all that other stuff. To me, this was, okay, everybody not on the Saudi Arabia show for the most part on this one. Yeah. And I thought I thought there was a chance it might be one of those, well, we're not taking this too seriously. Just go out there and have a good time yeah. type of pay-per-views. And for the first half of this, it was. I thought the first half of this pay-per-view was quite good, to be honest with you. If you're watching live on YouTube, donate a super chat. Any amount get your question or statement read on the air. But if you want to ask as many questions as you want, subscribe to Fightful Select. I do a Q&A show every other week. We are five subscribers away from that becoming a weekly show. Help us get there. Uh, we I posted exclusive news about SmackDown, whether Vince has been there or not, whether he was there or not this past Friday, all that good stuff. No matter when you're watching, Leave the thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. We do have a couple of super chats right out of the gate. Aaron Jay's fan says, to me, the main event made complete sense. We can talk about that a little bit. I thought it did too. I think that they have needed to build a pillar on the level of the horsewoman for a long time, and they should have done it long ago. Asuka could and should have been that. But as I mentioned on Twitter, a lot of people complain about Asuka's booking, and I get it. The Ellsworth thing was so dumb. It's hard to book a woman like Asuka to her potential because that uh, that potential is so robust. That talent is so robust. Almost nothing is good enough and at the same time different enough from what she did in NXT. But I, I liked what they did in the main event. They're always just a little bit too afraid to go complete badass if they have a badass on the roster and that's what Asuka should have been right now she's also she's badass but she's also a little clownish in some ways in terms of the over-the-top theatrics and she's kind of buying into that and I get that and she's still very very entertaining if the rumor that was in the Observer was true which was that Vince McMahon had watched that Kyrie Sane Shayna Baszler match 
and thought and was having some cold feet about Shayna being a quote unquote WrestleMania main event type talent. This is the way you book something. She just runs through most of this division who felt like afterthoughts going in and looked like afterthoughts coming out for the most part, which is very, very odd. Not that they didn't do some impressive physical things, but sure, put her in there, make her a killer. You give the WWE excuse as to why Asuka is not at 100% so that when she loses, she's still quote-unquote strong. And you, just, and, you, and you build somebody up for Becky to fight. Now, Becky needs to tone down on the, uh, on, on the uh, Conor McGregor cocky cosplay that she's I doing I love right the now. King's Crown, though. Did you? I, I loved that. I really and, do. I think King of the Ring works a hell of a lot better on a woman these days than a man because that's we, ha- fine. we haven't seen it. But when I saw that, I was like, man, now I really want to see it. Because I just, she, I, would, she would mock the idea of being Queen of the Ring. I, I just think it, it, it's playing into the cocky thing a little bit too hard. It, it's almost like not confident but almost heelishly cocky, and especially with that – that fur coat that looked like she called a cartoon dog, um, <laughs> the the bright yellow thing. I, I she's she's going a little hard into it, almost heelishly, and it's yeah, you know that's just my concern. We have a lot more super chats. Uh, <laughs> Jam and Cito Gomez says Gulak Brian Mania. God damn it! Oh, we are about to talk about that. Uh, DJ the Kid says. Main event was the second worst chamber match of all time, only outdone by the ECW Extreme Elimination Chamber. I get making Shane look like a monster, but not this. I don't know about that. Uh, that elim- that Intercontinental Title Elimination Chamber was a suck fest. That, that first ma- tag team one wasn't anything to write home about yeah, either. Yeah, it, it looked like this tag team one wasn't going to be anything to write home about at first, but it fortunately recovered. Uh, Andrew Nolly says, I love the way they booked Shayna. Maybe it shouldn't have been the main event, but I still enjoyed it. Also loved the Brian Gulak, uh, Brian Gulak thing. Uh, yeah, I did too. Do you think maybe they should have closed this with Styles and Black? No, if this they, was the this was the right this was the yeah. right match to, to do it. Look, you not can't always send them home happy. Number one, you can't always send them home happy, and you can't always have your five star classic. Sometimes you're gonna have this story match and. This is what this was. This was a story match to build a character. As, as you said, they need they need people in this women's division to be strong because all you have are the horse women, and you've been screwing them up for years too. So, I mean, it, this was the first women's main event I think I read that didn't involve one of the horse women, and the talent. Uh, gap between you know the horse women and everybody else other than maybe Asuka and Shayna is fairly vast right now. Yeah, I had no problem. I, I, I once you once you once you realize okay, this isn't going to be a long worked hour long match where everybody gets their stuff in, then then you adjust your thinking to okay, what are they trying to do here? And and I was perfectly fine with it. I was too. I mean. You can't always send the crowd home happy, and mm-hmm. they had to establish that Shayna Baszler was. And I think they booked this thinking that this Philly crowd would go nuts for Shayna because really? they're 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 a heel crowd. Philly's a heel crowd historically, so I thought I thought they'd think okay, you know, Paul's taking care of uh, 
Shayna here, building up to be this badass heel. And I think they were thinking they were getting a Philly crowd from 1994. The thing with Shayna, like they they established her as King Dick of the division. Like mm-hmm. that she is. That that's her right now. DJ Cass says, "What is it with Jerry the King Lawler constantly burying baby faces for like no legit reason on commentary where you don't care about them?" That's the thing. Like I can't tell if he's a heel enough and I'm good with shades of gray, but he says stuff to really minimize them to where it's it's honestly it's a lot like what Jim Ross was doing on AEW commentary for a while. It's really weird. I'm gonna backtrack to the Shayna thing and then I'll I'll hit the Lawler okay. thing. Did, did you do you do people want Shayna biting necks of no. every single foe she has? No. Then this is the better way to do that. Um, for Lawler, I swear about there was a point about three or four weeks ago where it felt like every single color commentator who was supposed to be a heel really started digging in to the heelish mannerisms. Nigel was doing it in some aspects. Aiden English was doing it on NXT UK. Corey Graves was doing it on SmackDown. It was almost like there was an edict from on high to differentiate yourself from people who are sympathetic to baby faces. I kind of agree. I won't go so far as it. it's, it's a different kind of bad than JR was on AEW. It's, it's, you almost feel like, like I almost said to myself during that Umberto Carrillo match, it feels like Lawler wants to scream Latino heat again. Yeah. Like it's like, it's the attitude era. He he's, wants, he's you know, you know time. him. He wants to talk about, Women's fucking chili peppers and tacos <laughs> and stuff like that when there's anybody Hispanic out there because mm-hmm. that's him. That's that's just what he does, and it's yes. stupid. That's cheap Memphis heat. That's what yeah. he wants. Anakin says, glad I skipped Elimination Chamber to play Assassin's Creed instead. Well, we did not, so we should probably talk about things as they started. They announced Viking Raiders versus Hawkins and Ryder. And you know what is a better match than I expected? Viking Raiders have been out for a while because of an illness. I thought that, honestly, one of my favorite spots of this whole show was Eric throwing a rider up in the air and Ryder hitting the Rough Rider on Ivar. I love that. But um, after that, Ryder ate some knees and got the Viking experience. This was, this is all right. It was a fine squash. I think they were relying a little bit too heavy on the Viking Raiders being conquering heroes coming back to the ROH territory oh, God. To, get, to get a pop. Um, I didn't even and, think about that. Like that didn't even enter my mind. And I, you know, did they get the pinfall during the split screen commercial break? Oh God, I, I don't think, think so. they did. I think they did. Oh man, which is funny to me. But you know, those things are supposed to happen from time to time. They should. You know, Ryder. I think Zack Ryder deserves better, but uh, this is the position he's been in for years. So I mean, it was nice that they all got a got a pre show at least. Because they haven't been doing anything yeah. other than main event lately. My favorite part of this show is equal parts uh, great and frustrating because you can see what WWE can do with talent they don't even use with three weeks of minimal build on TV. I don't want to say minimal. They, they've donated some time to this. Drew Gulak, every week, after not being on TV forever, has been coming up to Daniel Bryan's opponents and saying, I know how to beat him. I got the formula to beat him. And I've been digging this. You get some people who aren't on TV on TV. You get Drew Gulak back there, and you get Daniel Bryan, and it's just different. It's a fresh face, and the build is so fun. This is the anti-Corbin Reigns. To me, it feels like as part of his contract to stay there as opposed to jump to somebody (laughs) else. 
Daniel Bryan said, hey, can I book myself and do some interesting things and give myself a little bit of control here and just say yes. You don't have to put me at the top of the card. You, you don't have to put me, you know, at, on the main event level. Just let me try these fun things and see what happens. So he's going out there and having matches with Heath Slater. He's going out there and, and building up Drew Gulak. Did you see the promo on WWE.com after this match? Oh, no, 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 I didn't. Well, he says, I have been asking for blood and guts, and that is what I got. Oh, God bless him. At this point, he's just trolling management and having fun, and I'm all about it. I loved this match, and I feared for this match oh, yeah. every time he landed on his head. But this is how he wants to go out. If he's going to go out, yeah, he true. wants to go out in these types of wrestling things my joke was i hope timothy thatcher comes down as a special guest referee because this was drew gulak on the indies before he came in there uh the term i believe my friend joe lanza uses is grapple effing if you want to go with that <laughs> yeah uh we, we use was, that in mma all the time we oh yeah cat wrestlers is, get called that all the time yeah, grapple fuckers grapple yeah. fuckers yes i you know i try and tone my language for the children it's the paint brother uh, Okay, uh, but yeah, no, this is uh, this was them just doing moves and slapping each other and throwing each other around. I loved this match. <laughs> um, I got a message that I am not connected to chat. If it causes any stream issues, sorry, guys. But I, I watched this match, and I'm like, man, Daniel Bryan really misses not being able to wrestle, I think, because uh, that's the direction he's going. <laughs> He got dropped on his head so many times. Oh, and they replayed it. It's it almost like, hey, they, watch this. Let's they should. And they should. I mean, 10 years ago, everybody wrestled so similar. Everybody did the same stuff. And 15 years ago, it was even worse. It was punch, kick, punch, kick. This is unlike anything else I'm seeing on Raw or SmackDown. I wonder if there's a deal. All right, we're going to turn off Vince's monitor at Gorilla for 15 yes. minutes. And we're just going to let Daniel Bryan go out there and do whatever he wants. And then he'll have to judge by the crowd response if it was good or not. <laughs> and, hey, this this leads to me asking – like I started to ask wrestlers backstage during the show like, hey, how is this allowed but this isn't? And I got some answers. There have been some people that are, that are pushing for some spots, and uh, I'll have a story up on that when I get some more responses, but – uh, Brian is surprised by Gulak first off, and we get almost that Bret Hart one two three kid type of facial expression. Mm -hmm. There, there was that one facial expression. Anybody that's seen that mat, that Hart one two three kid match knows what I'm talking about. He made one two three kid, and, and I don't just mean Razor Ramon making him because that that was a whole different thing. But when he got in there with Bret Hart, and Bret Hart just like looked off to the side, like, oh, this kid's really good. That, that's all you needed to see. That, that was the – you didn't need to have The Rock going out and raising somebody's hand. That was him getting his hand raised. That's the entire story there. It's like during the backstage statements, you know, he's coming back there. Oh, you think you have my weaknesses. He's a little cocksure. This is the dude with the PowerPoint presentation. What a geek he is. Bringing out Curtis Axel and and yes. seconding, seconding Heath Slater. And then there's that moment where, oh, man, this guy can go. If, yeah. if they reform Catchpoint, I'm all down with that, too. Come on. <laughs> Put Riddle and, and them together in Catchpoint 2020. Oh, man. Uh, this match ruled so so hard. 
Brian gets frustrated and starts throwing kicks, and Gulak catches them and abuses Brian. Spinning rack neck breaker. He does this modified head scissors that Brian tries to jump out of, and it's like a little mini pile driver. Ooh, that was so good. We even saw the Anoki Billy Robinson suplex spot where they hold on to each other. And then then there's the dragon suplex. Then then what we will call for from now on the suplex. <laughs> the suplex that folded up Daniel Bryan so hard that his knee hit his own face. Get the hose. Get the hose out. <laughs> oh, I just gotta I'm gonna take out my, my little filter straw here and just Moisten. Cool yourself down. Ah, there you go. Just moisten. There you go. Yeah, cool myself off a little bit. Whoo, boy. Your thoughts when that suplex happens and he takes it the way that he did. I was like, they are never going to show that. Oh, they're re-showing it. Oh, okay. I thought, I, you know, there's a couple times where he screamed out in pain. I knew the first time when he's, you know, when he's massaging the hand and stuff, I go, Okay, he's working. He's working us a little bit with with the neck injury stuff. Second or third time he lands on his neck, I'm starting to get a little antsy. But it's one of those things where I'm just like, at the end of when you looked at both guys after this match, and they have the mat burns, and they're both kind of bleeding from different places, but it's not you know, it's not like heavy bleeding. It's just like cuts and scrapes and stuff. It was a war. And that's all I want. I want tough guys doing bad things to each other at the end of the day. I loved the single leg double kicking spot that, you know, the crowd wasn't into it at first, but eventually they got, as they kicked each other in the face more, they started to get into this. This is, this is Daniel Bryan saying, I want to work a little new Japan style yeah. here in WWE, please. Thank you. Oh, this ruled. Inverted superplex into the Gulak. Brian transitions into the yes lock, and Gulak passes out. Oh, so man. he doesn't tap. He never gave yes. up. So it's so so it's gonna get even more respect out of Brian on this whatever promo they do to follow it up yeah. if they followed it up um, on Friday. Uh, do I want this on WrestleMania? Not on a fourteen match card. Yeah, and not given five minutes. Put him up. Put him on Takeover and give him twenty. I'm down with that. <laughs> but uh, but not. Not on the big show where it's all about putting smiles on people's faces and things like that. No, thank you. It, I don't think it'll get a reaction there either. We'll put on the pre-show two hours before bell time. Yeah. In the, in the Adrian Neville spot. <laughs> where were you on the seventh uh, Andrade-Humberto Carrillo match? Now, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> Seven of these matches. I think I think this was Carrillo's fourth title match since October 31st and he also had a top contender match that he lost now the the funny thing about that is for one month he wasn't there for another month the title wasn't there so effectively in a, about two and two out two months and maybe a week he's had four title shots and a top contender match and nobody has a reason to give a shit about Humberto Carrillo. And this, is, this isn't like a, a me not liking Carrillo gimmick. I don't care about him. I don't care about the guy. They called up the wrong cousin. And if, if Garza was 6-1, they wouldn't have called up the wrong one. Ugh, I don't think they called up the wrong cousin necessarily. I, I, I thought Humberto Carrillo had potential. To be that he still does have potential. Pure babyface. No, no, he do he doesn't because he's been beaten so much right now, and they're not telling a story with all these losses. The way to do this is he's getting closer every time. 
he faces Andrade, and for some reason, management keeps giving him these matches. But they're not telling that story. They're just having them go out and do go out and do that flippy lucha stuff. Yep. And they do that, and they do it well, but they're not telling a story here. They're doing spots. There's no... Like, I thought originally they are going to put Carrillo in kind of that Sam Houston-type role from Crockett around 86 or so, where he... He's a guy who's getting beat every week, but you knew that Dusty and the powers that be saw something in him. So occasionally he'd get wins over guys beneath him and he'd go after a champion. He'd give that champion all he could, but he'd lose in the end and usually by cheating. So you'd be very angry about it. And eventually he'd be getting better and better. And then he'd get the win. This, they're just beating him. The AJ Styles program, they they just beat him week after week after week. Here, they beat him week after week after week. Eventually, they're going to say, well, we've been beating him so much as a babyface and the crowd's not behind him. Let's turn him a heel. <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating. I think it's been a waste of time. I don't think they have a plan for Andrade either off of this. Yeah. And bring it in Angel Garza, who is fantastic as well. You're just kind of like, what are they going to do with all these guys with talent? And Vince's instinct will be, well, they're all Hispanic. Make them a stable and put them against the Lucha House Party. Yeah. And do three, six ways with that. And it's just, it's like, if if I thought that they were building something out of either of these guys, I'd be great with that. But then they brought up Garza to fill in for Andrade. And now Andrade's back. So Garza's kind of floating between NXT and the main roster. It's just a mess right now. It is a mess. I like the match. I thought it was mm-hmm. a very good match. Andrade did that beautiful elbow right out of the gate. I just never want to see these two work together again. Not because they can't work together. Andrade matches are awesome. It's just, I'm done. I'm done seeing They're not it. not doing anything different either. Yeah. It's it's almost the same match over and over yeah. and over. Yeah, Carrillo does a nice flying headbutt. Uh I do love that they have, and I've mentioned this before, they've modified his arm drag. At first, he was doing this springboard arm drag when people were seated. And, like, the human body doesn't work like that. When when you're sitting on your ass, you're not going to get arm dragged. That's just not the way it works. But uh, Andrade almost gets the win after double knees. There was a good super Frankensteiner. Carrillo is such a, just an effortly athletic, effortlessly athletic dude. And the thing I liked about his Tope Con Hilo is they teased the concrete spot right before that. So they threw the padding over. And then when he does the Tope Con Hilo, that extra padding is there for them to land on. I thought that was a very clever way to kind of protect yourself. But then Andrade pins Humberto in like the same finish we've seen a bunch of times with uh, Garza. Yeah, are we supposed to be angry he pulled the tights? Because we've had Zelina Vega interfering this whole time, too. It's it's, And nobody ever does anything about it. Nobody ever goes, hey, right. can I just get him one-on-one? That's right. At this point, Carrillo is dumb. He should have just wrestled pantless. What the hell? Yep. SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber. I, I, I like this. I like that they're, that they're doing a tag title match. It's just... The thing is, I, I care about the tag team division. I don't necessarily care about the tag team titles. Yeah. Um, but this division's very good. But this match did not start off very good. They were falling and botching and sloppy everywhere. And sometimes fights are sloppy. That's okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. But this was rough. The, the most egregious one to me was when Lince Dorado <laughs> got caught in the cage. It looked way cooler than what he was going to do. So I would have just hung up there and been like, hey, brother, 
Start sell laying it. them in. Sell it. Yeah. 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 When 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 the Lucha House Party came in, you could just see on the script notes possibly Lucha House Party does a lot of fast stuff and then dies, um, <laughs> and all of it was kind of off by a little bit. Um, New Day and Usos are great together. Um, always, I. I love watching them. Um, yeah, th- this match was missing a little something with the revival not being able to be involved in it um, due to their situation. I think. <laughs> uh, I I like Miz and Morrison. I the, overall, in terms of the match, before you go to the blow by blow, I was half. Ex- I thought Rude and Ziggler were going to get the belts here, and I thought they were going to tell the. I thought they were going to tell the story of heavy machinery gets the titles and Otis gets the girl like George the Animal Steel at Mania because that's yeah. such a Vince move. It's such a Vince move. Uh, that said, mad props to Tucker Knight tonight. Yes! Oh, my Good God! God. <laughs> so uh, there, there was a rare Kofi Kingston botch. There was a spot I didn't like when Lucha House Party's shoulders were down and New Day goes for this weird double-team move that didn't work. But after that, it got good. Now, I want to say, I compared this to a Michael Bay movie because it had a lot of action, but a lot of it did not make sense at all. Like, right. there was a double Alabama slam for Miz and Morrison that I liked. Metal Leak did a super Frankensteiner off the chamber to the top <laughs> rope. Wow. I, I mentioned this a couple years ago when they expanded the cage, they added the padding, and they made the, the chambers bigger. They revolutionized this map. They made it so much more friendly to the competitor. Yeah, I mean, you could tell those first few chambers where it was just chain link down there. Yes. It's like nobody wanted to take a bump because everybody's just, you just see their backs getting ripped off by the grate and things like that. Yes, this is definitely makes for a quote as safe as a chamber match as you can get. But still coming off the top of that pod down to that mat, which is thin foam under ply oh, under plywood or yeah. over plywood. I mean, the most that this commentary team can say is they call Metal League the king of the ropes after he does something amazing like that. They should be losing their absolute minds over what he did there. They they did for a moment with Tucker Knight, which was apt, but you should have been losing your mind yes. over both those spots and just gone, are you – do these people want to live anymore? You know, anything yes. to get that over. And they they just – King of the Ropes. I'm just like, oh, jeez, really? We're just going to go like, it, like it's a video game or something. Yeah. Now, full yeah. disclosure, guys, just because I say that a spot doesn't make sense doesn't mean that I'm burying somebody or uh, shitting on the match. No, because the, the Lince Dorado spot didn't did, make sense. Didn't make a damn bit of sense. <laughs> it he was scales like, the cage. They break up a pin. Doesn't make sense. And then does the swinging shooting star press. And my thought during all that was, well, that looks a lot better than what Homicide did 10 years ago in that, that TNA cage when he got stuck up there. Uh, so at least there's that. But that it didn't make any sense. Who did it the first time? Was it Sin Cara or was it Kalisto? It probably would have been Kalisto. It was, it was Kalisto then, yeah. It was basically the same spot. I, my first thought was uh, he, he missed it a little bit there because he landed basically on his feet. And kind of got caught a little bit on the t- upper body. I was just like, man, I hope he didn't blow his knee out on that thing. Because that, that's always my worry about these things are guys blowing yeah. out their knees. Because they're falling from as high as Jim Cornette did. Mostly from that from that uh, Night of the Skywalker scaffold. Yeah, that mud show he did. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> trash compactor. Starcade, on... it's a mud show. <laughs> <laughs> compactor on Metalik pins him. Another spot that just irked me. Why, why aren't they pinning the guy who just came from on top of the cage? Sure, that that too. <laughs> but then this one, the most egregious one. Tucker chases Dolph on top of the chamber. And then he throws Dolph off. And Otis catches him, which I'm like, shit, okay, he's going to squish him. He's going to slam him. He's going to run him into the barricade. On the ropes. Hot shots him. <laughs> barely. And doesn't even pin him. I'm, okay, I'm like, okay, well, one, why that? But two, why catch him? Why catch him? Exactly. Just let him fall. Yeah, I, that and uh, Otis had a tough beginning tonight where where I guess it was time for Lindsay to climb up the cage. And they're just shouting, Lindsay! <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and he's just kind of standing outside waiting for something to do. And they just had the camera on him the entire time. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that spot. I thought, okay, now crush him against the cage because that does the most damage. Are you going to slam him on the ground? Nope. Hot shot. You're exactly right. It made so, no sense. So dumb. Like, why even catch him, man? But Tucker does this psycho <laughs> dive. Amazing. And everybody did good catching him. This was so great. Yeah, he, I don't know. I thought at first he had overshot it, but I guess that's how they were planning to do it. Kind of like when you have, you know, if you ever go to any one of these dumb corporate seminars and stuff, and you do the trust thing over the chairs and things, and you're just kind of using the guy's momentum yes. to swing over you a little bit. And yeah, but this is a big, this is a 331-pound man doing this kind of thing off, off of, from a great height. I, I was quite impressed with everybody involved. Otis charges at Ziggler and breaks through both of the pods. Ah, this was this is a good spot to get him out. Yeah, I I, I wasn't quite as impressed with I, it because it's obviously either. that flimsy plastic as opposed to yeah. for the first couple of years they were using the actual like bulletproof glass or whatever they, it was. And then after after people couldn't break through it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it who was it? It wasn't Goldberg, was it? Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody like took a header into one of those things and just did not budge. Yeah. They're like, oops. <laughs> and I remember it used to be built. So not so that's just how it would break. It would break right down the middle yeah. and fall down onto people and they get stuck in between it. And you could tell yeah. that hurt, man. So this match is done a 180. Like I said, a Michael Bay movie. Tucker gets beaten by Ziggler and rude. Usos eliminate them. New day get eliminated in pretty lame fashion. I think somebody needed to call an audible and allow Tucker to get the Otis chant going a little louder yeah. before they went for that hot spot right afterwards because that's what they were going for was the big chant afterwards for Otis. And he was obviously over with that crowd. Well, then we got a pretty fun finish out of all this with, with uh, Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison as a team is the right use for these guys. I had all these people that were like, oh, Morrison, main eventer. No, he ain't going to be a main eventer. He's not going to do that. This is the the best use for him. That Starship Pain figure four, I love that. Uh, the finish, I love that. I love that they cheated, even though it wasn't cheating. It was completely legal. That was just smart, brilliant to use the ropes there. Yeah, this is the Morrison Retirement Fund Tour. So if you're expecting him to be main event, uh, no. Yeah, and, and I liked, uh, you know, I liked even though he overshot the the sunset flip part of it i like that they they recovered well enough to make it look like 
okay, you got enough of the legs to do it. I thought that was a clever spot. I think they should be, look, Miz should be winning these things through chicanery. He should not be doing it through his awesome wrestling prowess. Yes. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy who, who's a flake, but he's a good enough flake to be a good wrestler. So yeah, I was I was I, I yeah, and I love that they reminded you it's no DQ, so he can put his feet on the ropes because the referee's looking right at the feet while he's counting and he's not stopping or anything. So if they're if they're gonna do this, you know, make it consistent at least because there, there's a lot of times where they call the rope breaks during yeah. no DQ matches still. And I mean, the video games have played a role in a lot of confusion too because you could pin people outside the ring on those like on the grates and all that and. The rules have never been consistent in that regard. No, you used – oh, God. You remember when they, when they had the steel grate still, you could pin them, and the referees didn't want to oh. hit the steel grate. Yes. Oh, my God. Damn. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat. Reminder, guys, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. Any amount gets it done. He says, the FCW doc was outstanding, and I learned a ton of stuff. I liked it a lot, too. It, I, I didn't know a lot about FCW itself. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan of gator hunting, and it showed Steve Kern, the former Skinner on there. You know, me and him have a little bit in common, but uh, I liked it. Did, have you had a chance to watch it? I haven't, Steve Kern. I loved him in the fabulous one, so the more I can see of him, that's great. Um, His vignettes ruled. Else. They were so cheesy, but I loved them. That R-Truth 24 was far surpassed my uh, expectations. I haven't seen that, that was, yet. It is, it's very, very good and uh, plays into a little bit of my fandom because Jackie Crockett was his uh, mentor out of okay. the Carolinas from the Crockett family. And uh, it's touching. It's saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Heartwarming. Our truth is not BSing for the most part about his his hard childhood and stuff like that and how much of a screw up and how big of a part he played in in messing up his life before finding wrestling it is it uh, it overdelivers in my opinion he's one of those guys that quite frankly doesn't come up a lot in in the dirt so to speak everybody likes the guy that i've talked to he's always on whenever there's a camera around like he's mm -hmm. He, he is a performer. He is an entertainer. I, I need to check that out. I'll probably do that tonight. Brother Hero sent a super chat saying they killed the crowd waiting on the pods to open. Maybe, yeah, they should have probably sped it up. But also, that's the reward is that she gets to wait. But we'll talk about that. And then Eloquent says, surprise WWE hasn't brought up the Shayna Ronda ties for the story yet. Th that's a thing I wish they would do sometimes. You don't want to rely on it too much. But maybe that's where they're going. But it does seem like when people are out of sight, WWE wants them to be out of mind as well. Like they don't, they don't want to make people think they're bringing somebody back. Right, and yeah, no, that's that's half of it. And the other half is you don't want to overshadow Shayna by constantly bringing up that she's Ronda Rousey's best friend or, or something to that effect. It, it, yeah, it gets to the the more you bring up Ronda, the more people go, okay, can't wait for Becky to beat Shayna. So that we finally get Rhonda back, and she may not be coming back. So no, you don't want to do that. 
No DQ match. Alistair Black defeated AJ Styles with the OC. This was in a tough spot, uh, but it was a, it was a slow paced match early on. AJ Styles said the OC is going to be out there. They wanted to buy tickets, but it was sold out, so he brought them there. Uh, nice dragon screw attack. He beat up Alistair Black with a kendo stick and a chair shot. Black fights back a little bit, eats a Pele kick. Later on, we saw Black with a calf crusher, kicked Styles off the top rope. It was a slow pace early on. Like, were you expecting that? Um, Yes, I was. I was expecting them to really build the heat up to the point where the three-on-one finally becomes manageable. I, I think one of the reasons this match was so cold, though, was because we had so many non-DQ no matches involved here, if you include the chamber matches. We had the three-on-one handicap match coming up. This was basically going to be expected to be kind of a three-on-one handicap match at some point as well. So you had two of those on the card. Um, I nailed the booking on my preview this week. I I, I figured out what was going to happen here. I don't know what's going to happen for the Mania match. Is it going to be one-on-one, you think, or is it going to be two-on-three? I think it will be Aleister Black and The Undertaker against the OC combined. And we'll go ahead and talk about that. Do you Uh, think the audience was ahead of everybody and just expecting The Undertaker to come out? Yes, I do. But they still went crazy. Styles caught Black midair and tries to tombstone him. And he does the throat slash, but the thing is, he's not as tall as Undertaker, so it just so looks you like see it. <laughs> he, he was just slashing Alistair Black's ass cheeks apart. He's like, the gay community! Like one of those. Really? <laughs> uh, Black kicks, us, kicks Styles into a chair, and Philly wants tables, and you had to give them tables here, and they did. I love that spot. Uh, the Meteora, I mean, I mean quite honestly, it, it's... There's a lot of people on the roster that that owe Sasha Banks a little something. <laughs> if I were Sasha Banks, I'd be going up to some of these people and saying, hey, brother, brother, don't know, don't care if you were doing these before WWE, but that's like my whole offense. Piss off. I agree. I think and people should be a little bit more protective of their moveset. All due respect to Aleister Black. All due respect to Elias. I, I don't know if they were doing it before, but in WWE... That was Sasha's. It's Sasha's so much. I mean, it, it was very much a Nakamura thing, and you could tell that Sasha was like, okay, he he has like his knee-based offense. Mine's going to be like a double knee-based offense. And I thought that was very cool because it's not something we had seen out of a woman. Um, I love this spot, though, but it does it does really highlight it to me. And Sasha is the more prominent of the three, to be honest with you. Like, so... I, yeah. The OC help out and hit a magic killer as Black was setting up for his finisher. And then the dong hits. And it gets quite the reaction. And you know what, Jeff? If you want that type of reaction when your dong hits, if you're looking for a massive pop, but you want it to happen at the right time, I don't know, maybe you got a little two-on-three action. And... And you're nervous about your performance. Maybe maybe you were stuck in a, in a desolate desert, so to speak, and your performance wasn't quite up to par. And you want that dong to be effective. You want that dong to get people out of their seats and into the bed. BlueChew.com, code Fightful, gets it done. BlueChew 
Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they're a lot better. They're a lot faster. They're a lot cheaper. They're faster because it's a chewable. It can get into your system a lot faster. You can take it whenever you want. Full or empty stomach, doesn't matter. It's ready when you are or when you're not. It gets you ready. It's not for people that just have a problem. It's to enhance that performance. Look at The Undertaker, still doing it 30 years later. I bet. I mean, he hasn't endorsed Blue Chew, but I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule it out. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians, and it ships straight to your door discreetly. Not everybody's going to be up in your business saying, hey, were you at the performance center getting ready for your performance last week? Uh oh, did Sean Sapp report that? No, I'm not going to be reporting stuff about your dick. You're not going to be so embarrassed about your last performance that you got to hide under the ring and say, brother, turn the lights out. None of that this time. Mm. Mm-mm. Get it for free. Pay $5 shipping. That's it. Use the code FIGHTFUL. Free. Free? You have to pay Saudi Arabia money for this. It's amazing. It's amazing. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. It's awesome. <sighs> so the dong did hit. Undertaker hit a choke slam. He looked so much better here than he did in Saudi Arabia. And Black hit his finish. What were your thoughts about this? I was fine with it, especially after Saudi Arabia. I thought... There was a lot about Saudi Arabia that was ridiculous in terms of flying guys out there for 20-second angles. But this was fine. Philly popped huge. This building this building kind of deserves it, to be honest with you. I love Philly crowds. Philly wrestling crowds are great. Um, in, out, and you know what they really did well? They did kind of the ECW style, lights out, lights on, lights out, lights on, better than they usually do when they do it in WWE. It was in, it was out, another dong. Up, <laughs> Alistair Black, in, goes in. I know, that sounds weird. But <laughs> Did you want to do the plug? Uh, that... I, I can't because of uh, sponsorship issues. So go ahead. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Maybe maybe I need to uh, need to find out about that. Well, up next, we had, well, this is, this looks like it's happening at WrestleMania. Do you prefer that to what, what the other options are? Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it depends on how you view Alistair Black, because AJ and Undertaker I think would be fine. I think everybody everybody will see it and watch it and enjoy it. You know, choke slam, tombstone, one two three. Um, I think this helps Alistair Black puts him in a more prominent position in some ways. Or it could be just he's there with the Undertaker and everybody just wants to see the Undertaker kill the OC. So I don't really know because. Alistair Black's other option is, you know, pre-show battle royal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so. this you give the rub to him. You protect Undertaker. You put AJ in a match that people will remember. And I mean, you signed OC to seven hundred grand a year. Make some use out of him. Mm-hmm. DJ Cass says, "I hope next year we don't have to do two shows between January and March for WrestleMania season." This year was we such do. overkill. You're you're not kidding, Jeff. Um, look, I think any shows between Rumble and, and Mania are uh, 
superfluous, especially the especially the elimination chamber in its prior form when you were killing guys in there. Still, yeah. it's no it's no walk in the park. And you know, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia wants their own manias. And I think you know, if you've watched the last two shows, it's all spectacle. And even they're checking their phones throughout the entire thing. To me, elimination chamber giveth and taketh away because. No matter what happens, if you have two of these on a show, you got ten people between those two matches taking a pinfall. Ten people that might be tough to protect, and you got to get crafty with it. But it's also an easy way to set up feuds and set up programs. To me, it would make a lot of more lot more sense to have it. I don't know, May, June. Look, I'm the person who wants them to actually book it so that there are six worthy challengers of any kind before getting an elimination chamber where they all have issues with one another. But instead it becomes like hell in the cell. It's February time to stick people in there. And then you make title holders in there and you don't give them necessarily an advantage. Like I hated the gauntlet match. I loved the gauntlet match as a work thing, but as a booking choice before you go into elimination chamber, watching all six teams wrestle for an hour before you're going to watch them two days later wrestle for an hour, to me is overkill. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I, I think they should re realign some of their pay-per-views. They really should. Mm-hmm. Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, Street Profits retained over Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy with AOP. This match was not great early on. I mean, it was there, but the crowd acted like they had seen this match three times in the last 11 days. Because they have. Uh-huh. Um, Murphy does that meteora, by the way. By the way, brother, brother, Sasha Banks, protect your mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, either that or or start. Uh, <laughs> Sasha needs to start uh, getting some cash back from some of these boys yeah. to use that. That seems like something she would tweet, saying that she has like rented out the move to other people. She patented it, so she holds the patent. Exactly. <laughs> I like patented moves. Bring those back. Me too. They're great for they're great for canon. I love them. Well, I'll tell you, you what I, I I'll tell you what I don't like a Tower of Doom. <laughs> I hate him, man. Uh, Montez Ford goes for a frog splash, but gets Rollins gets his knees up. Owens comes through the crowd and throws popcorns on Rollins, and that spells the end. Uh, didn't like this finish. We're still it's- waiting for the tag team champions to get their first clean pin. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I don't understand how this is help, helping the street profits. I agree. I really don't. It's one of those weird things where we do so many distraction and so many cheating, especially from baby faces at this point across all three shows in the pay-per-views that when a baby face does take things into his own hands and cheats when it should get a giant pop, because yes, finally you're fighting back fire with fire. It means nothing. And, and that stunner to help, to help the profits win the tag titles it was an okay moment but it would have been a much bigger moment if they had overcome something to actually pin the champions clean and you're they're, they're not seen as credible champions i don't think so it's it's just it's weird it's it's there's nothing wrong with baby faces cheating once every year or every six months but i mean we, we now had that we had that in nxt with uh Candice LeRae and the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai story, you know, every, everybody, you know, everybody thinks they need to have this lone wolf 
you know, take action kind of thing. And you can break the rules, too, if you're a good guy. But it really ruins heel face dynamics a lot. It, this was this was a Monday Night Raw situation, mm-hmm. a Monday Night Raw match, everything. It was, uh. We have a super chat. DJ Cass says, has AJ been protected too much as of late? Because people like Humberto, Ricochet, and Cedric don't get over it, seems, lately. It's because they haven't been protected. Nobody's, nobody that he fights is protected, Jeff. That's, I don't know. That's correlation, not necessarily being causation. I mean, Ricochet's not being protected because they don't want to protect Ricochet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean if, you do, if you want to protect Ricochet, you don't have him losing under a minute after kicking Brock Lesnar in the balls to kind of take away the heat from then. <laughs> Drew, it, 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 I mean, all that is... All that is planning, and they're just putting out matches out there. And, okay, go out, do your moves, and nobody gets over that way. Look, if AJ's being protected right now, great. Because when he started in this company, he was losing to Shane and Chris Jericho at the first two Manias he did, when he should have been put over in both those matches, I think. So, yeah. We uh, yeah, have. He, you also want to protect the guy who's facing the Undertaker yeah. at Mania. What? Are, sorry, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, of course he's being protected. He's he's fighting this company's best asset, which is a fifty-something-year-old guy who comes back for two matches That's a, a good year. Point. You're damn right, they're going to protect him. That's a good point. Uh, people keep asking me why I'm looking down. I am texting wrestlers at the show, seeing what dirt I can dig up uh, before the show ends. I have earbuds. I hear Jeff. I see him enough. I see him enough. What? Uh, Willie Polite says, You say the main was good. It was beyond trash. Well, it was beyond trash to you, bud. That's the way subjective entertainment works. By the way, if you don't like a Tower of Doom spot, I'm sure you didn't like Ruby yelling tower. I sure didn't. (laughs) Sure didn't. Andrew Krakenstein says, Chances Sami Zayn has a honky-tonk man type of run. I'm going to say about uh, 0%. Jeff. Boy, I thought they thought that was going to go over a lot bigger. Don't you? Yeah. I think they they thought Sami getting his first title win on the main roster after being out from an injury, Philadelphia, everything comes together. And man, after after the last two matches, they were ready for something hot, and they didn't get it, and they turned on this match quick. They could yeah. have cared less because they all thought Braun was winning this match. Oh, I too. did too. I did too. This just was not good. Uh, Sammy bragged about Braun never getting to him, and he wins. I love the finish. The double suplex with the haluva kick. I like that. I did want a super long, dominant Braun Strowman title run because I think if he's not the top guy in the company, period, then he should be, like, it should be his title. But I like the idea of Zayn finally getting his comeuppance, probably squashed and losing to Braun Strowman. But uh, I'll just say this. Two years ago, Sami Zayn had uh, what could have been a career killer feud against Bobby Lashley. Yes. This was his this was his second pay per view match since that feud. Yeah, I mean, this is his first title on the main roster, and it's going to be a clown show, and it's probably not going to help him. And it's probably going to cause his faction to break up in some way or something to that effect. You want to talk a guy who hasn't been protected? Let's talk about Braun Strowman. 
Braun Strowman was the biggest thing coming yes. to this company. They thought he was going to be huge to the point where they broke him off of the Wyatt family early to give him that singles push. His first title run was a tag team title run with the son of a referee. All right. <laughs> it, he's been dumping porta potties with Kevin Owens and that terrible feud where they turned him heel and turned him babyface on back. This guy is now on the Andre the Giant special attraction thing when he should be the biggest star in wrestling, probably with his mobility and his size, and they don't know how to do it. So look, this is an across the board problem in many, many ways of just having this three hours, one night, two hours, the next night, and just putting guys on week after week after week against each other, as opposed to just building things and holding off. So I'm, you know, I I don't you know unless Braun comes out and murders a guy on Monday, he's gonna look like a dope because he yeah. signed this contract. This is stupid babyface syndrome all over again. Oh, you didn't read the contract? I don't care about reading the contract. I was tricked. I'm gonna go through with this match anyway. Gets beat. <laughs> You're just like dope. he he was so. And and the thing is, we called it years ago when when Braun was doing all this stuff. It's a recurring joke on this show. Is that we knew he was going to be the cricket wireless pitch man instead of big badass top guy in the company. And it's like, yeah, who wants to listen to that guy talk? Yeah. I mean, not, not no offense to his, it has nothing to do with his accent or anything. Just have him kill people and he'll be fine. And he's a charismatic dude is the thing. Oh man. Anakin says, Jeff, AJ beat Shane at mania. Okay. I, I, I misremembered that. I knew as soon as I said it, I was, but, yeah. but Jericho going over AJ, was inexcusable when he had first, that was yeah. his first feud coming in the Y2AJ where they had the shirts made up that lasted for one week <laughs> that was a brilliant swerve I Good love Lord. that it's yeah. a top contender match elimination chamber uh, Becky Lynch does not show up Roman Reigns is not in the house Brock Lesnar not there Drew McIntyre not there Goldberg is not there The Fiend is not there John Cena is not there uh, Bailey and Sasha are not there. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley are not there. I'm okay with it. This show wasn't terrible, but let, let me, I'm okay let me ask with you it. something. Do you think the Philadelphia crowd wants to see Roman Reigns after how they treated <laughs> yeah. him in the Roman? Uh, they, how they treat him in the Rumble and stuff like? That? Do you think they want to see John Cena? They might just to boo him, but they don't want to see you know a wrestling match with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. They would crap all over that thing all day long. So, no, I, I have no problem with, with them being held off of this show. Well, Shayna Baszler ran the table. Natalia and Ruby started off. There was a nasty electric chair that hit. And then Sarah Logan came in with the sole purpose of trying to uh, shatter Natalia's cheekbone uh, with a knee and that body press. I mean, they both looked good, but they, they built part of this around the riot squad all being in this match. And that was pretty hilarious. They killed that on Monday. <laughs> with these yeah. special referee match and Logan and, and Ruby and and uh Liv and and then and then Sarah Logan knees Ruby after the match after, after the referee. They killed that. Yeah. They killed any of that hope. I mean I thought Ruby cut a pretty good promo on the pre show. She's an underrated promo. She just she, had, is. she had to play like Wicked Witch of the West for so long on her promos or like the evil stepsister, and it's like... Because right. you know that Vince looked at her, like, oh, look at her, she looks like a witch. Yeah, Make her talk sure. like a witch. 
And, you know, you want to get me interested in a women's match? Hit Natty in the face. Yep. I know that sounds weird, but she got need right out of the gate from Logan. And then she took, oh, and Logan came off the pod and just her legs just whacked her right in the jaw. God, it was nasty. Uh, it was like, I'm feeling bad right now. But at the same time, it's brutality, and I like it. So yeah. let's keep this up, it's, and hopefully Natty's okay. We want the same thing out of them that we see the, see from the dude, and yes. sometimes that happens. And and you know what? You know who's not going to complain? Natty Nighthawk isn't going to complain. She's not going to complain. She's going to get another Caribbean vacation and probably <laughs> a few episodes of Total Divas and something for her cat, so she'll be let fine. Me, let me tell you, her and TJ Wilson are living nice between – Total Divas money, settlement money, agent money, wrestling money. All... Keep them happy money so they don't sue us money. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the I settlement. Mean, that settlement, too. Settlement but, thing. I mean, but they also Ooh. gave them a job out of it. So it's not, just, it's not just take this money and keep quiet. It's take this money, keep quiet. Oh, and hey, would you like a highly paid agenting position? Well, there yes, yes, I would. So Shayna comes out. She runs the table. She destroys everybody. Uh, who's the biggest geek who's the biggest geek out of everybody here uh sarah because Liv at least got a couple kicks in but Liv got slung boys and to me that's what you have to do i mean there were going to be people that didn't like this anyway but Shayna defeating them rapid fire and doing it quick and not drawing it out i thought that was good slinging Liv was great i see i thought i thought Sarah came off as a tough girl who just got overwhelmed. I thought Liv came off as a little bit of a the blonde pretty girl who had no business being in there, especially Maybe. after all the heavy after all the heavy breathing and being ner- I get I get being coached to be nervous about the about the uh elimination chamber. I think that's a good call in some instances, but she comes out and she's instantly crying after the first kick and you're just like, "Oh man, going to be a long night for you, Liv." <laughs> So Asuka gets in and she fights a little bit and, and I like that, but it's Kirifu to clutch, Yokosuka cutter, kick, Kirifu to clutch. She runs the table and Shayna had to be the pillar. Yeah. If you're going this direction, I don't hate it because all these women are going to be doing other shit. The Riot Squad girls are probably in a battle royal. Asuka is going to be in a tag match. To me, I wouldn't have had Asuka in this match to begin with. I, yeah, I, I get that. I, I, you know, I mean, but who, who, who do you put in here to beat? You That's a good Kyrie point. again? That's a good point. You, you just beat her. Oh, <laughs> We've had Tamina in, in one of these matches before with her and Nia. Oh, yeah. And just, yeah. Um, look, I, one of my, I thought, but I thought Asuka just came off way too, as opposed to being kind of the badass who uses her dancing and stuff to throw people off of how tough she was, this was clownish. Yeah. This was 1960s Batman villain Asuka playing like Frank <laughs> yes. Gorshin from The Riddler. Woo! Right. You've come into my lair, Batman! It's like, <laughs> oh my god, what are you... What? And it, it, it takes away from her toughness. If she had been badass Asuka going up against badass Shayna, this Philly crowd would have gotten into this thing a whole heck of a lot quicker. And, you know, just watching them slap the hell out of each other would have probably gotten a standing ovation. Well, my thing is I think they burned through a potential pay-per-view title match in the future, too. Because these are the two most dominant NXT champions of all time as well. 
ah, but you know, they could always play up, you know, she wasn't at a hundred percent in the, you know how the they wrist. do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they could do that. Anakin JMT says, if Roman was healed, do you think he'd be on the show? Yes. Without a doubt. Have you listened to Arn Anderson's podcast at all? He is yes. incredibly transparent about like, Everybody knew Roman should have been a heel. He should be a heel now. He should have been a heel from the start. He should have never been a baby face from the time that he split with the shield. And it's like, you do, you realize there were a lot of voices in the room and have been for a long time that have probably just long since given up. Yeah, and especially when he's talking about the time when Daniel Bryan was on the ascent. Of course, yeah. you should be putting him in. And, and that's, <laughs> I joke about this because, look, I love Arn Anderson. He's, Probably my either my second or third favorite wrestler ever. But you have a hard time getting him to have an opinion about anything on this. And when he gets an opinion about it, it's very passionate. And this is one of those passionate mm -hmm. opinions he gets finally. And you're like, oh, thank God. He's just not going to do the, well, you know, there are guys back there. And we were just all very professional about, you know, the thing. He breathes through his teeth and then he calls everybody a professional. And he never has a bad word to say about anybody. But that's the, one of the things that will get him going is, of course we knew Roman should be a heel at that point. And I, I, one of my favorite things about that, this isn't a plug for his show, but he has a need to make sense. He has an overwhelming desire for things to make sense, and that's what I want out of my wrestling. Yes. Because the thing is, if it makes sense, it can be bad, and I'll give it a lot more leeway than if it didn't make sense. Much this That's exactly why I give so much leeway to this main event. Because it mm -hmm. makes sense. They're building her yes. up to be a killer. So she runs through the division. And now Becky, maybe Becky has to back off cocky, you know, you know. Yeah. Oh, I can, I can do whatever I want to anybody I want in this division. You know, she, now she has an actual threat, which you thought she was going to get last time. And she really didn't take it. <laughs> that promo after she beat Charlotte. Just, I just cannot believe. You know, I was really... Doubting myself. And I should have, because you're all dopes. I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> with this character right now? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. So that was Elimination Chamber. Uh, we are headed towards WrestleMania. I'll be there in Tampa, guys. I guess uh, now would be the time to kind of mention that I asked Primetime Pro Wrestling to book me in the shittiest gimmick match possible. Actually, I kind of demanded it. I was like, hey, you all booked me for this show. I want a match. And they said, you know what? How about a Brawl for All match, Jeff? And That's... and here's the kicker, Jeff. I get to pick my own opponent. I get to pick my own jobber. And I can't wait to do it. I've got people in mind. And I, I have people saying, oh, why not this wrestler? Why not that wrestler? One, wrestler? Nope. Too experienced. Have you had one match? Too experienced for me. Do you want to do it? <laughs> nope. Sorry. I don't want a willing participant. Not jobbery enough. You guys are going to get to watch me. Three one-minute rounds. It's real crisp. Just beat the absolute shit out of somebody. And I can't wait. Will it Je be an eight-year-old child? I wish it was awesome. an eight-year-old child. If we could get that approved. Now, I can make this shittier if you'd like. You can put on a blindfold. And <laughs> just <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm gonna pick a jobber so bad that I would okay. be able to beat him with a blindfold on if I so okay. chose. Okay. So I'm really excited, guys. It's primetime pro wrestling presents Sean Ross Sap, Serve Tall, 
Thursday, April 2nd at the American Legion Post 5 in Tampa, Florida. Doors open at 2, bell time 2.30. It's well before Hall of Fame, Bloodsport, any of that stuff. And a portion of the proceeds of this show are going to Wigs for Kids. Uh, I am not getting paid for this show. I am getting paid in a, a donation to Wigs for Kids. And sheer joy of me just dominating some total scrub donk. Oh Invisible God. Stan. You should fight Invisible Stan. That'd I would love to. You know what? Maybe maybe that's my... If we do a serve tall too, which I don't want to do, uh, that's <laughs> that's what it'll be. But... But how about this card? How about this card? I'm very excited for this. Jonathan Gresham, Fred Yehi, I can't wait. But just announced tonight. Did, did you see what we what we announced? I did not. Tell we me. announced a battle royal, but it's not just any battle royal because you know you can't just have a battle royal WrestleMania weekend. That's not allowed. We are doing Gangrel's brooding battle royal. There you go. Daniel Makabe versus Eric Royal, Tasha Steeles, Faye Jackson. This is going to have a lot of people that will not be on other shows. Check it out. We have one more super chat. Anakin JMT says, what are you hoping to see from Edge tomorrow? Whew, I don't know. He's That's the thing. He's got quite the act to follow uh, based on Randy Orton and what he's done over the last four or five weeks. What are you expecting on Edge tomorrow? Hot fire promo, main event swear word probably in there. Um, I, I want to see him basically threaten to kill Randy Orton. That's what I want. Cause if somebody hurt my wife, that's what I'd want to do on a national television show. <laughs> Does, do you think Randy Orton versus edge main events, WrestleMania? No, I don't either. And I think it's going to be the hottest program, but I think it'll be second or third from the top and it'll probably overwhelm the next two matches after it. Yeah. That's the thing. And it, it, even though Edge is a part-timer and he's so old, it doesn't feel like the traditional part-timer coming in because we haven't seen him in nine years or ten years. Sean, there, there's there's supposedly 14 matches on this card. It could be on the sixth hour of this, <laughs> this extravaganza and he could still be going. Uh, my God. Right Jeff, women's six-pack on SmackDown because they didn't bother to book anybody for Bailey. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on social media at Crap Game Thirteen. I also do a show called Shake Them Ropes. You can find that at Shake Them Ropes and all your various podcatchers. Our show this week was an Elimination Chamber preview. You can see if I got that right. We also talked a little bit AEW. My co-host Chris is on the road to WrestleMania because that will be his last show. I oh lost my. another co-host. So uh, we will be seeing me, what the future holds for my show. Let me that. guess. He saw my match announcement. He said it's never going to get better than Sean Ross Sapp picking his own jobber. No, my I think my two co-hosts, Dream NXT wrestlers, wrestled on the loop in Florida this weekend. So they just said there's nothing more to be had for there are no more kingdoms to conquer. We had Tino Sabatelli versus Bugenhauser. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, there's nothing else in wrestling to conquer right now. We're out of here. Somebody says, I can't imagine SRS wrestling, buddy. I have wrestled hundreds of matches. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Check out Jeff, Crap Game 13 on Twitter. Check out Shake Them Ropes to see who will host with Jeff for another <laughs> six to nine months and then abandon him. 
which I enjoy because maybe it pushes him back to us more and more. Until next time, guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.